Hi, everyone. My name is Jonathan Fries, and you are listening to What the Fuck? Where we talk about topics that have caused so much damage, people don't come to church anymore. Hey, I'm the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Appleton, and I'm joined by the senior pastor of Music of Life Church Kimberly, Pastor Joel Swikowski. Hey, Pastor Joel. Hey, Pastor Jonathan. How are we doing today? I'm very well. How are you? I am also very well. Uh, season kicked off to a bang. It sure did. Yeah, with a bang or to a bang, with a bang. And, it was uh, booming. It sure yeah. was. And so today's topic is the principle of non-contradiction. Well, that I sounds, like it. Yeah. That, that, but that sounds really complicated. Yeah, the it's not a... principle of non-contradiction. Yeah, it's not a, it's the principle of non-contradiction is not a not a term or terms that are commonly used. Many, many people go many, many days never thinking or saying those words. Yeah, so, it's true. Yeah, it's yeah. true. And so yeah. it sounds kind of philosophical. So I'd love some ba- some background about this topic, if you don't Great. mind enlightening us. Oh, I'd love to. Well, we started this season, which we deemed as the God's will season with understanding truth and deception. We know that truth is a right what with the right how and why, or in other words, truth is facts that create over the long term. So we have the definition of truth. We know truth creates, yet how do we determine truth? That's where this principle of non-contradiction comes in. Today, we begin the journey over the next four episodes of covering the four principles that determine truth. There will be four principles that when used together, determine truth. The first of the four we're covering is this principle of non-contradiction. So what's this look like? Well, a couple of questions. Why do we argue over translations and interpretations of the Bible? Which translation is right? Or you want to get off the Bible and translation questions. What about this? Which denomination of Christianity is the right denomination? Mm. Well, the answer is the one that doesn't contradict itself. That's where this principle of non-contradiction comes in. This one principle, when used for good, starts the process of determining truth. So what we mean by a contradiction is anything that asserts or implies something as both fact and not a fact at the same time. Or another way to say this would be that a contradiction is when there is a direct opposition between things compared. Nice. So a classic contradiction would be like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. Right. Or a car cannot be all red and not at all red at the same time. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is, this is a very important topic to our it, belief yeah, it sure system. Is. It sure is. Wow. Okay. So the religion, the type of Christianity that doesn't contradict itself is the, the, the denomination. The one. Yeah. The one, the one that, <laughs> yeah. the one that doesn't contradict itself or you could, yeah, go bigger than just Christianity. What, what religion, religion is the right religion? Huh? 
the one without contradiction. Wow. So how have people been hurt by this topic in the church? You know, how has this topic caused disunity? Well, the church has embraced and taught so many of its doctrine in a contradictory fashion. And how does this, I mean, what's this look like as far as disunity? People argue all the time over doctrine. People argue all the time over different denominations. People love to point out where you're wrong, or in other words, where a contradiction is in your beliefs. Yet how often are people looking into their own beliefs for contradictions? How well do people handle contradictions? And how do people want others to handle contradictions? Hmm. Nice. And so what does this conflict look like in the church? So when this disunity happens, we see the strict side and the loose side. How does this, can we, can we start with the strict side and how they've responded to this topic? Yeah, so they may not use the terms non-contradiction or contradictions, but this side is basically just trying to find the areas that are wrong in other people's beliefs. So this principle looks like on the strict side, using this principle on others and not on myself. I find contradictions in your beliefs or in what you're saying and in your behavior but I ignore or rationalize the contradictions in my own. Hmm. So this side is mainly what we see is the religious authorities acting like bosses. And we've seen this in some of the episodes we've done already where like the confrontation episode, humility, stuff like this, where how this manifests with religious authorities is it's my job to show you where your contradictions are it's my job to be right. Yeah, very much sounds like the Pharisees during Jesus' yeah, yeah. time. Yeah, very much. Where they're, and I'm pretty sure that, yeah, I mean, Jesus had a lot of uh, exposing a lot of contradictions in the Pharisees when they would try to expose contradictions in what he was doing. Right, right. Can these people support this perspective with the Bible? Sure. Us humans do a pretty good job of being able to take our flawed beliefs and find any Bible verse to, to support it. Here's an example. <laughs> First Timothy 5.1 says, rebuke not an elder, but entreat him as a father. I could use that. If I was, if I was a religious authority, I could tell people, you're not supposed to rebuke me. It's my job to rebuke you. Bible even says so. First Timothy 5.1. Wow. Interesting. And how would you handle an interaction with someone who held that perspective? Well, I could just ask them. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe maybe not rebuke. Right. And then I guess let me let me break down that verse a little for you. Rebuke does mean to sharply confront, but it says but and treat him as a father, where it's not saying don't confront him. It's saying when it's essentially saying when you confront this person to come alongside him and you know to show him some respect and some care in the manner in which you confront. Right. Be gentle. Yeah. But the questions I would ask a person who's throwing this verse at my face in order to protect themselves from being 
rebuked or confronted or having a contradiction shown in their life is to ask them, wait, does this verse mean you don't have contradictions in your beliefs? Or here, here's a question I love. Does your age or your experience or your role within the church entitle you to no longer be confronted? And then the real hammer is, wouldn't it be hypocritical for you to hold me to a higher standard than you hold yourself to? Now, especially since this person is using their authority as their excuse for not being confronted in their contradictions, where aren't leaders supposed to hold themselves to a higher standard than even the people that they're leading? Yeah. Yeah. So that's where that one becomes the kicker because that, that one kind of proves out these these leaders aren't leaders at all. They're religious authorities who are acting as bosses. I like so those that. are some questions I could ask, especially if this verse from first Timothy was used. Very cool. Okay. To summarize where we're at so far as a strict perspective points out the contradictions in others, but they won't consider if they have contradictions in their own beliefs. Right. And this is very much, I mean, again, this is very much the, the Pharisees in Jesus' time, we yeah. all look at those Pharisees and go, bad, you know, like that. You shouldn't do that. But how yeah. many of us are still pointing out the contradictions in others and not seeing them in ourselves? Yeah. It kind of gives us, I like you bring up that story because we're all familiar with how the Pharisees treated Jesus. And yeah. And it does kind of give us an idea of, although we may not be as familiar with the term non contradiction as, as maybe we should be we do see how every time somebody is arguing or every time somebody is trying to prove something wrong, it is the principle of non-contradiction that is guiding that. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, before we get into the loose side, why don't we go ahead and take a call? It looks like the call is coming from Crawley, Louisiana. Oh, I like that. Is this Pastor Rich? Maybe. Well, go ahead, caller. You're on the line. Well, hey, Pastor Joel, Pastor Jonathan, how y'all doing? You are talking to your latest restoration graduate, fellas. Oh, that's incredible. Great job. Congratulations, Pastor Rich. Uh, you know, I, I will tell y'all that several members are going through restoration through virtual meetings with my mom and my dad, actually. I, I was just watching them the other day. They were giggling up a storm. <laughs> it was funny. How did that happen? Well, people saw the difference that, that it was making in me and it was just about after the third lesson, so they asked to go through the restoration process themselves. Well, how's that going? Oh, they are loving it. Yeah, that is amazing. Hey, Pastor Rich, did you have somewhat to say about contradictions? Huh? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, I was always told that 
life is too complex to be able to be explained without contradictions. However, the first lesson of restoration cleared that right up. Oh, it's so great. I am so happy to hear from you, Pastor Rich. Oh, thank you all for everything you've done. I'm going to hang up and listen. Uh, even though my dad may not say it, I know this is his favorite podcast. God bless you both. Wow. Thank you so much for the call, Pastor Rich. That was amazing. Man, Pastor Joel, Rich sounded pretty excited. Yes, and did. I think he sees the bright future ahead for him. Yeah, I always love hearing from Pastor Rich. I can't wait to hear from him more down the line. Yeah, Pastor Rich spoke of people who say contradictions don't exist, but we can't know it. Meaning, although our explanation of God and his will sounds contradictory, that's only because it's too complex for us to know as humans. The, The strict side wouldn't acknowledge their own contradictions so what's the other side of the argument the other side the loose side is i want to try and embrace contradictions so contradictions do exist now we know that embracing something that doesn't exist is not possible so these people rationalize it as a paradox i've heard that term used multiple times something's paradoxical I just want you to know and want the listeners to know that's a fancy word. That just simply means something that's contradictory. Okay. So when people say it's a paradox or it's too complex or something to that effect, just know that the person is merely saying it's contradictory and using poetic or higher vocabulary doesn't make these people right. They're just trying to distract from this point of something they can't explain that they don't want to have to try to explain, that they don't want the responsibility of explaining. So these people are trying to avoid the tension of the contradictions they have, and their method of doing so is to just embrace contradictions and to rationalize that it must be okay for something to be contradictory. Got it. And how have people been hurt by that perspective? Well, what the, what's really going on here is these people are saying they have conflicts, yet they are the people who avoid conflict. So they run from it or ignore it. Now, people are being taught. How have people been hurt? People are being taught contradictions as if these contradictions are truth. Hmm. And the fact that these things don't make sense is used as support for it being true. We've learned this through the God's Nature series. It's become this point of something that is hard to explain is actually support for that thing being true because it's just such a big and complex topic. Our finite brains can't handle it. Right. Right. Unfortunately, this causes the unconscious brain to depress the person's energy. And then that person has to try to ramp themselves up to delay that depression. We've learned, we've talked about the depression. We've talked about depression. We did an entire episode on it. So this principle of non-contradiction is not only helping us determine truth, it's also helping us cure depression. 
So what's it say about people who are trying to embrace contradictions? They are setting themselves up to be more and more depressed. And, and anyone who they're trying to help to embrace contradictions, they're just depressing all those other people too. Right. How would you handle an interaction with someone who held this perspective, Pastor Joel? Some uh, familiar questions I would ask. Some you've heard before. Here's one. You don't show people where they're wrong then? Mm. How about how do you know when I'm wrong? The thing is, whether people realize it or not, everyone agrees with non-contradiction because that's how they prove others wrong. So what I could say to a person who's on this loose side, if they would try to show me where I'm wrong or argue in any way with me, I could just say, no, I'm not wrong. Contradictions exist. And they have to be okay with that answer. And also, here's another question that gets down to the heart of God is, If a doctrine of God is being presented as paradoxical or it is unexplainable, is this a flaw in God? And if so, how can he expect us to live his truth in our lives if we can't understand it? How can we be held to that standard? So notice what these questions are doing is flipping it on the other person for their benefit in the hopes of helping them see the contradictions in their own argument, which is kind of layered here when we're talking about the principle of non-contradiction, the people on the loose side have contradictions in their understanding of this principle. Nice. So when you see this going on in the church, the strict side, the loose side, these people and their response to contradictions, all of this disunity around this topic. Yeah. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are grouped into three categories of how I see people responding to this principle. There's a group of people I feel sorry for. These are the people who have contradictions in their beliefs and they rationalize them away. Now, we all have contradictions, so having a contradiction in and of itself isn't the issue. The issue here and the people I feel sorry for is when they have contradictions, they embrace them and then become depressed. There's the group of people I understand why they do what they do. These are people who leave the church due to their frustration with the contradictions that are being taught and the ways the authorities are rationalizing these contradictions. So again, it's not, I can't, I can't hold the Christian leaders in the world to not having contradictions or to never even teaching contradictions. The issue with mm-hmm. these people is they get frustrated, not only with the contradictions being taught, but in how these people respond to the contradictions. And these people are sick and tired of getting hurt by religious authorities, teaching them stuff, and then just using their authority on these people as a rationalization for why it's okay for them to teach contradictions. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And then there's a group of people I'm impressed with. These are people who seek out the contradictions, wait for it, in their own life first. In their own life yeah. first. Okay. Because these people know that a contradiction is an objective measure of an area they are wrong. Hmm. That's why I'm impressed with these people, because these people seek those contradictions out. Amazing. My favorite time. Pastor Joel. Yeah. (laughs) What is the ultimate answer? Ultimate answer. Contradictions don't exist in reality. Conflicts do. So I can be both happy and sad at the same time. I experienced this at my stepdad's funeral. He battled dementia for a decade. Yeah. I was happy he was done with the struggle, but I was sad that he was dead. Right. I felt simultaneously both happy and sad. That is a conflict, not a contradiction. Cool. But I can't be both happy and not happy at all at the same time. That's a contradiction. Now, something I want everybody to know, Pastor Jonathan and I did not invent the principle of of non-contradiction, nor did any man. Non-contradiction is a God-given principle. God-given. And it's the first of four that we're going to cover that when used together will determine truth. Now, let's look at contradictions and non-con the principle of non-contradiction a little bit more in depth here the lack of a contradiction does not prove that something is right as humans we may not have all the information so if i can't find a contradiction in my own beliefs it doesn't necessarily mean that i'm proven right Okay. May just mean I'm missing some information that I still don't have, or I don't have access to, or I just don't understand. However, the presence of a contradiction proves that something is not right. That's the power of the principle of non-contradiction is when we find a contradiction, because contradictions don't exist in reality, we know that whatever that thing that's contradictory is must not be true. Because man cannot make both halves of a contradiction right. You know, the Bible even says that a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You can see, this is James 1.8, you can see this verse is also stating a contradictory man is unstable in all his ways. Nice. Or a man with contradictions is unstable in all his ways. So man did not create this principle. God did. If man created it, then you could refuse to use it. But unfortunately, we can't. And we prove that we believe this God-given principle every time we argue. Mm -hmm. Now, our brains were not made to embrace contradictions. Again, check out the depression episode from season two, episode seven. And leaders who tell us that God meant for there to be a contradiction or contradictions in our beliefs or in our explanation of God and his will and his purpose for you, these leaders are disrupting people's ability to think, causing people to be unstable. And we know now 
causing people to have depression. So are these pastors who present contradictory explanations for God and salvation and his will and truth helping or hurting people? So we see with the first of these four principles that we're covering, this one is the key to us finding out what information we need to throw it away. When we find when information is contradictory, that is information we need to throw away when we're trying to determine truth. Amazing. And now a part that I know you really enjoy, Pastor Jonathan. Here's a little tip for how to embrace this principle. Oh, yeah. You want to get better at embracing the principle of non-contradiction instead of embracing contradictions? Here's one thing you can do. When I'm wrong, admit it immediately. Because every time I'm wrong, it's due to some contradiction. And the best and the most right and just response is to admit I'm wrong as soon as possible. Wow. Thank you so much, Pastor Joel. This has been What the Flock. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, if you've been hurt by church, you're not alone. We're here for you.